And if you brought your Bible with you this morning, which I hope you did, but if you didn't, there are Bibles in the pew back in front of you. You can grab one of those and please turn to Psalm chapter 107. Psalm 107. Hear then, church, the word of the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness, and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God, and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and his wondrous works to the children of men. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and they staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water and parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. 
let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we praise you and we thank you for being a good God. We praise you and we thank you that your steadfast love endures forever. Lord, we pray for those who are not with us this morning, for those who are traveling, those who are with family. We pray that you'd be with them. God, we thank you for all those who are gathered here, who are able to be here this morning. And we pray now that your word and the remembrance of your deeds would sanctify your people, would lift us up to praise and honor your name in the congregation. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for all time. And amen. Well, this morning we continue in a tradition that we started all the way back in 2020, when our inclination that year was to end the year by simply saying, good riddance, get out of here. Instead of that, we ended the year by listing some of the many blessings that God had given to our congregation that year, and we ended it with giving thanks to him. And so that has become our practice since 2020. That's become our practice that our last sermon of the year would be a sort of a memorial to the workings of God amongst us in our church. And the purpose is that we might end the year and begin the next with giving thanks to the Lord for his gifts, thanks to the Lord for his grace, his kindness, his goodness to us. Now, because Christmas fell on Sunday last week, that means that this sermon is one day late because we are already into the new year, but I trust that you won't miss the spirit of the matter. So then before we look ahead to the the coming year, we're going to look back this morning at this last year. And we're doing that in order to count some of the many blessings God has given us and to give him all the praise and thanks for it. So when we do this kind of thing, when we count our blessings and when we name them one by one in order to see what God has done, we're doing so as a means of obeying the biblical commands to give thanks to God in all things, to give thanks to God for all that he's given us. And furthermore, when we do this kind of thing, when we mark God's blessings, when we name them and we give thanks to him for it, we're guarding our minds from forgetting, we're guarding our mouths from boasting, and we're guarding our hearts from idolizing. So that was a mouthful, so let me just explain. So first, I'm going to work my way backward in in that list. First, when we name God's blessings and give him thanks, we guard guard our hearts from turning his gifts into idols. When we name the blessings of God in our lives, we guard our hearts from turning his good gifts into idols. Now, the contrary is shown to us in Romans chapter 1, where we're told that those who do not acknowledge God, those who do not give thanks to him, him, what do they end up doing? They end up worshiping the creature instead of the creator. So when we don't recognize that every good gift is coming from God, and we don't name those gifts as coming from God, then we set ourselves up to idolize those gifts and ignore the giver. But naming him, naming the gifts and naming him as the giver, what it does is it orients our hearts towards him as the one who is worthy. He's the one who is worthy of all of our praise, all of our worship, all of our devotion. He's the source of all that is good in our lives. He is the supreme good, we could say. And without him at the center of our lives, then all that is good turns rotten. So first, 
When we give thanks to him, we guard our hearts from turning his gifts into idols. We guard our hearts from idolizing. Second, when we give thanks to him, we guard our mouths from boasting as if what we ha- as if we were the source of what we have, as if we were the source of, of our gifts. It guards our, our, us from the prideful attitude that says, I don't need to thank anything for what I have, or I don't need to thank anyone for what I have. I don't need to thank anyone for who I am. I don't need to thank anyone from, for where I'm at. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Paul says, what do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it, as if it were not a gift, as if it were, the source was you? Now, part of the reason why making a practice of counting our blessings and naming them one by one to see what God has done and then giving thanks to God for them is important is because it hinders us from thinking the thinking of that what we, the good that we have is what we actually had coming to us. The good that we had was, it was actually just what we had coming to us. No, the truth is that the good that we have, actually everything that we have, has come to us by the gracious hand of God. And you think about it, even the breath in your lungs that enables you to sit there upright and not collapse right now is a gift from God. So even the things, you think back to the things that you accomplished this year. Maybe you, you built an addition in, in, uh, in your house, or you, you built a room in your basement, or you built a shed out back, or whatever the things are that you think about that you go, oh, I was able to accomplish, I, I accomplished these things. Well, you can even give God the glory for all of that, because he gave you the mind to do it. He gave you the bodies and the health to do it. He gave you the strength to do it. He gave you the will to do it. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Now, third and finally, naming God's blessings and giving him thanks guards our minds from forgetting. Our minds from forgetting. That's something we see a lot of in the Old Testament, by the way. God's people forgetting what God had done for them. It is, in fact, um, we, could, we could name it sin. There is a kind of forgetting that is sinful. Because God regularly warned his people in the Old Testament to take heed lest they forget what he had done for them and the covenant that he had established with them. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 for that. You can see God regularly warning his people, take heed lest you forget what I've done. They were commanded to remember God's gracious saving acts for them lest they forget and then give in to grumbling and complaining and then give in to turning away from the one true God and worshiping false gods. So you see very often in the Psalms as well where God's people are called to praise God and worship God, the psalmist will recall the great deeds of the Lord. The Psalms are filled with thanksgiving to God for his good gifts and his gracious works and they regularly turn to the past and say, look what God has done. Remember what God has done for you. And so it is that remembering the deeds of the Lord brings the psalmist in Psalm 77 back from the brink of despair and doubt. It's a psalm of lament that turns into a psalm of praise and it hinges on verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. So then in the interest of guarding our mouths from boasting, our hearts from idolizing, and our minds from forgetting, let us remember some of the deeds of the Lord in this last year. Now there's a part that you're going to play in this, in this sermon other than just listening. I hope you will listen. 
but I do have a job for you. As I go through, I'm going to mention a number of things. I'm going to give you an, ex uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do this pretty quickly. But here's what I want you to do. I am going to read verse 8 of Psalm 107. I read Psalm 107 in the beginning. I'm going to occasionally through, throughout the rest of the sermon read Psalm 107, 8. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. And what I need you to do is after I read that, I want everyone to say in unison, praise the Lord. Okay? Think you can do that? All right, so first of all, this year, what can we give thanks to God for this year? Well, a lot of things. But first of all, and most importantly, in this last year, God did not deal with any of us according to our sins, nor according to our works, but instead upon the righteousness and the works of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Good job. So here's something that we must not miss and deserves to play front and center in our exercise of considering God's gracious action, action among us this year. This year, as, as, as the year before, God continued to look upon us, continued to consider us in relation to our union with his son, Jesus Christ, by faith. He continued to forgive us based upon the atoning sacrifice of Christ made once and for all for the sake of his people. Though he was not blind to our folly or our sins, he continued to look upon us as dressed in the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, treating us according to his grace, not according to what we deserved. And furthermore, in this last year, the Spirit of God continued to work in our lives, assuring us of our adoption into God's family comforting us in times of sorrow, convicting us of indwelling sin, giving us strength to persevere in the faith and conforming us to the image of his son. And if there was any love, if there was any joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control, we can joyfully say this was the Spirit's work in our hearts. So any growth that happened this last year in your life, any sanctification that happened, any development of character, any virtue, any victory over sin in your life and temptation, any spiritual growth in your home, any new disciplines that you started practicing, any sanctification in the church family as a whole, any increase of faith and love that happened this last year, it is all evidence of God at work, God being gracious and merciful to us. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We ought always to give thanks to, the, to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Did you catch what just happened there? Paul says to the Thessalonians that their faith has grown abundantly. Their love for one another has increased. And who does he thank for it all? Does he say, I want to thank you, Thessalonians, for the way you're growing in this for the way you've grown in your love, for the way your faith has increased. I want to thank you. No, he gives thanks to God for their growth. It's the same thing in chapter 2, verse 13 of the same letter. He says, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you. Why? Brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Paul says, I thank God for you and for your salvation. Why? Because it was his work in you. So likewise, we can say that any and all spiritual growth 
that has happened in our lives, in the life of our church this last year, any all faith, whether it was the initial moment of belief or perseverance in the faith, it was the work of God among us, and we're to give, give God all the praise, all the glory, all the thanks for it. So let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Now, alongside the blessing of God's mercy and grace toward us in our justification and in our sanctification, God has also given us many blessings this year, some very tangible, like our purchase of this old and beautiful building right downtown here in the heart of Waukesha. This was our first year owning this, this building, and that blessing came with lots of opportunity for work and service and fellowship and worship. That work included the work of our deacons that they put into maintaining this building. It includes the work that our CGs, our community groups, have put in um, each week in cleaning the church, including the bathrooms and cleaning the carpet and all that. And we can thank God for putting our hands to this good work as we seek to steward well what he has given to us and put it to good use. And speaking of good use, this year, every Sunday, we put this building to good use by worshiping the Lord together, singing his praises, reading his word, listening to the word being preached, partaking of his table. And before our worship service this year, we added a Sunday school hour for kids and adults. And we can thank God for all the room that he's given us in this building to do that. You know, in, past, in the past, we weren't able to, to do the Sunday school hour for, now we're going to have Sunday school hour for kids all the way up till 12, and then adult Sunday school class. Well, in the past, we haven't had the space in the building that we met in to do that. So with God's good gift of the building, we've been given the gift of a place of worship and the gift of a place for Christian discipleship and education and fellowship. And even throughout the week, you know, many of our homeschool moms and their kids meet each week in this building to do science and art and logic together. We have a mom's play date that, that uh, gets together regularly here in the building. We had and hopefully will continue to have a men's book study that met here in the building. Our elders, our deacons have used this building uh, for meetings during the week. We've used the basement for meals together. So we can thank the Lord for all the ways that this building has served to increase the ministry of the word here at Waukesha City. Joyful fellowship, Christian discipleship and education, gospel proclamation, and God-exalting worship. So let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Now, along with the blessings of the building, we can thank God for the many new individuals and families that he's brought to our church this year. We've added six new members to our congregation, Brian and B. Andaloro, Jeremy and Heather Cummings, and David and Brooke Gonzalez. So the Lord has blessed us by adding to our number those who have made the good confession of faith. They've committed to serving the Lord Jesus Christ alongside us under the authority of his word. And there have been many more who have gathered with us for worship this year. One of the blessings of having our own building is simply that we're more visible to the community. So our attendance on Sunday has increased. We've seen an increase of visitors coming in. Many of those visitors throughout the year have stuck with us, coming regularly on Sunday, many of them joining in our community groups. 
We've actually, I counted them up, we've actually added 15 new adults to our community groups this year. And Lord willing, next year we're going to be, those 15, Lord willing, we'll be welcoming those, um, all of them into our membership this next year. And, and listen, we thank the Lord for this, not because of the numbers themselves, but because what we're numbering here is human souls, men and women, families who are precious in God's sight and who have become precious to us as well through the ministry of the Spirit of God who binds our hearts together in mutual love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we believe that God has ordained the Christian life to be lived in, in fellowship with a local church where, where the word is preached, where elders shepherd, where the gifts of God's people are used for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, one of the means God uses for strengthening our relationships, strengthening our discipleship, challenging us in the Christian faith, growing us, is our community groups. And therein we find another reason to give thanks to God because our community groups actually grew this year. That's not surprising. If we added 15 people to community groups, then our community groups probably grew. We actually had to add community groups because we couldn't have fit everyone in the community groups that we had. So this year, Borsmas, by God's grace, Borsmas were able to start their community group. Actually, quite recently, they started their community group. Isles and Josephs branched off to create two groups in the place of one. So in the last year, we went from six community groups to eight community groups, by God's grace, by God's goodness. So let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Now, speaking of the Lord adding to our number, he did so in more than one way. We can't forget the oldest church growth strategy in the book. God joins two together in marriage. They become one flesh. He tells them to be fruitful and multiply. And boom, there are three. And then sometimes there are four. And then sometimes there are five. And sometimes there are six. Should I keep going? Should we keep going? Do you think you should keep going? I don't know. Pray about it. Maybe. The Lord has blessed five families with precious new babies this year. It's amazing. Five new lives given to us. Five new lives that should not cease to cause us to just shout out to God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Five new families. And I guess how many there were last year? Five families. If we keep going this way, guys, we're going to be a mega church in just a few years. <laughs> Look what God has done. So Jake and Kayla had Lainey, their fourth child. So they still have a couple more to go because they only have four. <laughs> God blessed David and Brooke with their first, Calvin. So they have six or seven more to go. Likewise, he blessed Brian and B with their first, Arlo. Joey and Acacia had Danny, their second. And Nick and Sawyer had Dorothy, their fourth. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Weren't Nick and Sawyer on the list last year? And I think maybe they were on the list the year before. Yeah, may maybe they were. But if I've told you once, I'll tell you again. They're in it to win it. They are in it to win it. This is every year they look forward to the sermon because they're like, we won again this year, babe. We won again this year. And listen, we have more on the way. We have more on the way because God has blessed the Virons and they're expecting again. And along with them, 
five more that I can't tell you about because they're still secret. And don't come and try to get it out of me after service. And also, don't start asking people if they're pregnant because that's rude. But, but listen, you should probably look upon every married woman in this congregation with suspicion. Just a little bit of suspicion. And, and then you can pray that God would continue to bless our church in this way. Psalm 127.3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. So let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Now, there are many other ways that God has blessed our church this year. We've had a number of answered prayers in our community groups and in our church this last year. God has answered our prayers for jobs. Quite a few jobs, by the way. I counted six people that I know of, and there may be more, that I know of in our church that got new jobs this year. Some of them lost their jobs, and then God provided another job within weeks. And then there were also answered prayers for housing this year. David and Brooke were able to buy a house in Waukesha this year. Actually, they bought Steve and Amy's house, who we were sad to say goodbye to. But look, we, get a, we can still go to that house and see our friends because David and Brooke bought it from them. Praise God for that. Mike and Stacy closed, closed on and moved into their house in Waukesha this year. And Lord willing, that house will serve as a place for them to call home whenever they come back to the States from Senegal which reminds me of the blessing of having the Creech family with us this year. What a joy it was to fellowship with them, to actually to see them face to face, to be with them for a whole year, to hear from them about Senegal, what God is doing to see God answer their prayers for various things that they've been doing in Senegal and, and for God to answer our prayers about Mike's health. Mike was not in good health when he came back to the States. He's doing much better. God has answered our prayers for that. For all that's happening, that's been happening in the tribe since they've been here. Many of you know about this, how we've been praying for inroads for them to, to be able to move into the tribe. And in their absence, they're not even there. And in their absence, they have men standing up for them, men they barely know in the tribe standing up for them. One who has offered for them to build a house on his land in the tribe. It's really incredible to see how the, the whole situation has completely changed this year since they've been home. And we can give, give God all the glory for that. We can praise God. What an answer to prayer. So let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Now, there are many other blessings of God, evidences of his work among us this year that I could name. You know, the most, actually the most difficult thing about a sermon like this is having to decide what, where do you stop? At what point do you say, okay, well, that's enough? Because there are so many more blessings that we could name. There are so many more blessings that we could list this morning. I think, um, for example, of, of the stories that I've heard of, of an increase of personal evangelism, I've heard more stories this year of, of people stepping out and witnessing and evangelizing. You know, uh, James and Tom leading the charge to do the, um, to, to have set up a booth for our church at, at the farmer's market. And then them going down for Friday Night Live for evangelism, to bear witness to the truth of Christ. Just this last week, just this week, Jonathan, he texted me saying that he shared the gospel with a guy at his work 
and the guy accepted Christ as his savior. I mean, what an incredible blessing that is to see stories and to hear stories of God using individual members as they witness and share the gospel with people and, and to bless that, to bless that and to have people not only hear the gospel, but to come to faith in Christ. So there's more. God, God has been good to us. We've seen ample evidence of his grace among us corporately and individually this last year. I wonder what your list looks like for the year. What testimonies can you give of God's blessings, of his kindness shown to you and your family this last year? What evidences of his grace have you seen at work in your community groups? What answers to prayer? Or how about the formation of friendships this last year? How about in your community group, the willingness to share struggles and learn from one another, rejoicing with one another, speaking the truth to one another in love. What evidence of his grace have you seen in the lives of those around you this year? Provision for needs, perseverance in trial, comfort in times of sorrow, joy in the goodness of his love. Well, we've come to the end of 2022. It was a year that was filled with God's blessings, but also challenges, difficulties, various trials. For some of you, this last year may hold memories of wonderful things. For some of you, it may hold memories of unmet expectations or persistent struggles. But let me remind you today that your God, my God, the God of all creation, did not cease to be God this year. The steadfast love of the Lord did not cease and his mercy did not come to an end this last year. The Lord Jesus did not cease to be your mediator and savior. And Romans 8.28 did not cease to be true for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Now we don't deny the struggle or we don't deny hardships, but we fight against the temptation to judge the Lord by feeble sense, but instead we trust him for his grace. We fight against the temptation to doubt his love, to pull away from the body of Christ, to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, to give in to grumbling instead of praise. And in order to fight those temptations, we need to remember that each and every year, each and every season, each and every one of our days is actually filled with blessings from our God. Some that came in disguise and won't be realized till later, but many that have come to us in obvious form. And what a year it has been, another year with Christ on his throne, seated at the right hand of the Father, subduing the nations, putting his enemies under his feet. Another year of the Lord's steadfast love, freely lavished on his own. Another year of God's faithfulness to all of his promises. Another year of his tender mercies to his people. Another year of God's unmerited grace and favor upon us. So how should we end this year and begin the next? With thanksgiving and praise to God. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let us pray. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. 
Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God, our Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray, amen.